in an industrial setting, voltages and currents are significantly higher. So electrical faults typically release far more energy. And as a result of that, it produces a powerful explosion, generating extreme heat, reaching temperatures of 35,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Welcome to the McNaughton McKay podcast, your electrical connection. Each episode, we meet with an industry expert to tackle real issues in manufacturing. Join your host, Austin Davidson, to get the latest scoop on automation products and solutions. Hey there, and welcome back to the McNaughton McKay podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing arc flash safety, what it is, how to mitigate it, and the training that's surrounding it. And joining me today to walk through this is someone who has 15 years of experience around electrical safety, and they currently work for Advanced Safety and Energy. Joining me today is Jason Dahlberg. Jason, how's it going? Going good, Austin. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. So to get us kicked off, uh, arc flashes are probably a term that uh, most folks have heard, but if you could just give us an understanding of you know what they are, what causes them, uh, and, and we'll just kind of start there. So an arc flash is a flash over electric current that leaves its intended path and travels through the air between two lap conductors, okay. essentially causing a, a short circuit. So in, in a residential setting, an arc flash usually produces a brief flash of light and dissipates fairly quickly. So it's, it's pretty, pretty harmless there. But in an industrial setting, voltages and currents are significantly higher. So electrical faults typically release far more energy. And as a result of that, it produces a powerful explosion, generating extreme heat, reaching temperatures of 35,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's more than three times hotter than the sun. It also generates toxic fumes, blinding light, deafening noise, and massive pressure waves. So it's extremely dangerous. Yeah, so it sounds like we're essentially creating a bomb on accident. It's essentially like a bomb going off, yep. Yeah, well, obviously there, there is good reason to not have a bomb go off in a facility, whether it's uh, electrical or otherwise. I guess a step further in, in terms of, of that, do you happen to have any real life examples, any applications that you guys have seen or worked on that, that you would like to point out? Yeah, yeah. So, so great question. So I, I do have one example. So we had two arc flash technicians. They were performing arc flash assessment at a facility. They were, one guy was on uh, a lift. The other guy was on the ground providing ground support. They were accessing a thousand amp bus and their full PPE, arc rated harness, all that good stuff. So they were, they were doing what they were supposed to do. Uh, they went to the guy in the lift, went to open up the bus plug. So he had his insulated screwdriver, went to turn the, the bypass screw or the interlock screw, the bus plug. And when he turned it open, a piece of the metal that pulls the latch to open the door, mm -hmm contacted the line side of the fuse located in that bus and it causes a short circuit and an arc flash and blast was essentially it killed power to the entire plant. Luckily the outer cover was still intact on the bus plug and it protected our guy that was on the lift from the from the arc flash and arc blast. He was wearing all of his arc rated gear so he was fully in his helmet, his arc flash suit, he had his leather gloves on. However it was a huge uh, flashover and it, it generated toxic fumes vaporized copper. The inside of that bus plug was completely destroyed. And um, luckily our guys were, were safe. They were doing what they were supposed to, uh, wearing the proper PPE and that, that pretty much saved them. So something as simple as just turning a bypass screw, doing you know your standard data collection, 
what we found afterwards was maintenance was never done on the bus duct and over time it just wore out and then fortunately it was our guy that turned that bypass through and created that arc flash arc glass luckily that he was okay but uh, it did create a lot of commotion there at the plant the uh, mm -hmm. plant was down for well over three hours so they lost production time but everybody was safe and went home at the end of the day but something simple like that caused that arc flash well, and that, that just goes to show you uh, how important not only the PPE is, but also maintenance in your facility. And, and so I have to imagine, since he was wearing all of that, obviously some sort of assessment or some understanding of the arc flash hazard had, had already been uh, studied or analyzed. Is, is that a correct assumption? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so so when, when the study's not completed or an arc flash study hasn't been completed at a facility, we use um, the arc flash tables and uh, the standard in 70E. So based on the voltage there, it tells you what PPE you should be wearing, minimum PPE. So he was wearing his arc flash suit that was rated for over 40 cal, so he was covered. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how we knew. So, so you're saying that the study or an assessment had not been done. This was just basically you guys referencing tables. Yeah, so so the arc flash this this right. this was a, a new study, so so we had not been uh, been there before. This was a new assessment, so no arc flash done had been completed before. So luckily, our guy was wearing the proper PPE, and um, and that really saved them. Interesting. Well, and I guess that's you know obviously leads into to the next portion, having an understanding of what kind of what kind of hazards are located in your plant, at least on the electrical side. Uh, and understanding uh, through an assessment what needs to be done to mitigate and protect personnel. That's probably the first portion that we're going to discuss, right? Anything safety related, we, we roll in or we suggest that an assessment needs to be made. That, that is correct. Yeah. So, so what you want to do is you want to get an arc flash assessment completed at a facility um, for a couple of different reasons. One, for overall workplace safety, so to protect the personnel working on or around the electrical enclosures. In an assessment, really what, what happens there is, is we send a, a team of very seasoned arc flash technicians and engineers. They, they model the entire electrical distribution at the three-phase level, starting from mm -hmm. the top end. So they'll start from the utility-fed transformers and work their way down through the distribution. So they're going to model your one-line diagrams, your electrical diagrams, and they're going to capture all the information on transformers, switch gears, switch boards, distribution panels, disconnects control panels, motors, VFDs, and so on and so forth. So what they'll do is once they, once that's done on an arc flash assessment, the on-site work we call data collection, uh, once that's completed, that essentially is gets, gets sent to an engineering team. They run a short circuit analysis, uh, which generates instant energy values at the particular enclosures that we collected information on. Yep. Um, and arc flash labels are affixed to those enclosures. So we're essentially taking a snapshot of the plant at this point in time, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. So, you know, obviously we, we want to improve workplace safety and we want to make sure that personnel are, are safe, but I'm assuming there's there's probably some other compliance surrounding arc flashes that we, we have to actively uh, maintain as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So so this is an NFPA 70E uh, regulatory mandate to get this done. It's governed by OSHA. So it is a, it is required by OSHA and 70 to get this, get the arc flash assessment completed at the facility. It should be reassessed every five years or when electrical changes are made to the distribution. 
then then you would want to either do a reassessment depending on the amount of changes that have been made or you're going to do some arc flash updates so you're going to do an update to the existing study so update the one lines update the arc flash report and in turn so you're compliant with 70 notion sure and so that's that's what i was kind of assuming um you know given the fact the way you explained it is that it's it's a snapshot for what we have right now so uh, any changes needed to be adjusted for um so say say we're working in a plant um, and we do have one of these assessments completed uh, by ASE and you know whether it's been five years or we we add something down the line is that something we need to come out and do a, a whole reassessment or can we just assess the new pieces or, or how does that look kind of in the future yeah great question so so there's a couple of different um, solutions to get uh, an existing study updated um, and add in new equipment that's been installed there in the electro distribution. So we, we've actually had this situation several times. Uh, you know, we're actively partnered with Mac, Mac and Mac. So we, we've done a lot of our flash studies in the past with them and, and, and still do so and still update a lot of existing studies that we've done in the past. So uh, in this situation, what we would do is solution one was would be depending on the size of the update. So depending on the size of the equipment that's been installed, if it's a sizable change, what we would do is we would send the, the same uh, art flash technician or engineer that completed the original study. We send them back on site. He would document all those new changes. Um, he'd update the one lines to, to show the added equipment. He'd install new art flash labels. And then essentially you would get a completely new updated deliverable package or the end user would. So you get updated one lines on the art flash report or art flash labels and an updated arc flash report. That's solution one. Okay. The other solution would be to do remote updates. So we have capabilities to do a remote update. So if it's a smaller, smaller update, so there wasn't not a whole lot of equipment's been added. Uh, we have capabilities to do this remotely. So what we would do, the engineer uh, that compiled the reports, the original study essentially would handle this process here. So he would incorporate all the changes within the existing study that he has, update the one lines remotely. Um, we have generated a document, uh, an Excel document that we send to the end user that they can complete, has all the information they need. Um, it kind of streamlines that process. Uh, it makes it pretty simple on their, on their end and our end, our end to add those newly installed equipment into, into the uh, existing study remotely. So saves cost, saves time. It's really a great solution if, if, if there's not a lot of changes made. Sure. And I, I know there's, especially nowadays, people are, are much more receptive to remote type of work, especially when it's going to save you some money. And, and if there's not that much of a difference in terms of having someone on site. So so say we've gone through this, you know, we've, we've kind of minded our P's and Q's with the assessments uh, and we've kept those up to date. And at this point, all of our machinery has all of our arc flash labeling on there. We have all of this documented. Uh, but, you know, also around safety, the thing that always comes up is it doesn't really matter how safe you make a machine. Uh, in this case, the electrical distribution portion, you always have to train personnel because, right, if they don't if they don't know how to functionally work around this machinery or this electricity, then, you know, the labels are kind of useless, if you will. So is the training something that's within the uh, NFPA 70E regulation, or is that something that's managed outside of that, or how, how does that look? Yeah, so so it is a, a mandatory 
regulation requirement to, to have training done um, not to exceed three years. So they say three years because that's when the standard, the new standards, uh, 70E gets gets published. Mm -hmm. So we're in the 2021 standard currently. 2024 will be released next year. So they want training done every three years or when changes are made to the electrical distribution. So we suggest doing uh, on-site training with an art flash study or with art flash updates, but we also have capabilities to do these remote or virtually. So mm -hmm. it's the same same content that we deliver on site. Uh, we just do it remotely uh, via Teams with a live trainer. Covers all your, your main topics to meet OSHA and 7E and NFPA abilities for qualified individuals. Mm -hmm. it, it's awareness training for recognized electrical hazards for those qualified individuals, unqualified individuals, the supervisors and managers. So anybody working on or around electrical equipment, we cover topics like personnel involved with electrical tasks, who performs electrical tasks in that facility, uh, definition of qualified individuals versus unqualified. Uh, we go over the electrical safety regulations and standards, recognize electrical hazards. We even cover electrical safety policies and practices, cover the regulations and standards. Obviously, the art flash and electrical equipment labeling, the art flash labels, and then PPE, hazard mitigation, and then we go over electrical shock, art flash, and art flash. So it sounds like you cover all the, the who, what, where, why, and how type of questions. Yeah, absolutely. And it ties everything in. So if, if, if your electricians or maintenance staff are qualified to work on energized equipment, the training really is the, the piece that ties everything together. So they will know exactly how to accurately read and understand what's on those art flash labels. So that way, if they do have to access equipment while it's energized, they'll know what PPE to wear, what the art flash boundary is, what the shock hazard boundary is. They will be covered, and uh, the training is very important for, for compliance purposes, but also for part of the study as well. So Sure. So, so yeah, so this may be a little bit of a difficult question to, to answer directly, but since you've been in this field, in this industry for quite some time, and you, you said every three years they recommend to do training because that's essentially when the standard turns over or they publish a new standard, have you seen any large-scale changes or anything of interest change over the past decade or so? Um, the, the, the largest change would be on the, the hazard risk categories, the HRCs, they okay. did away with the categories zero, one through, you know, zero through four. And I think they released that in 2015. So now it's the calories per centimeter squared. So that's listed. The cows are listed on the labels, mm -hmm. which in effect which is why the importance for training. So if your guys aren't getting training or if people aren't getting training and staying up to date with the latest and greatest standard, that is covered in the training portion. So anything that's changed from the previous standard to the new standard will be documented. And uh, that would be the biggest thing that I think we, we've seen. Sure. We've also seen the PPE get significantly less cumbersome. So they're, they're rating the PPE at a higher cal rating. But the clothing, the, the thickness of the clothing is is significantly reduced. So it's a lot less cumbersome for the guys to wear. Sure. So so that that's some good safe practices that that's been uh, implemented. Well, and I'm I'm sure if it's easier to move around in, I mean you, that I would assume that makes it safer because you you're not as restricted, you you're not as encumbered. You can you can move a little more freely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you're working on that, you know, if you're working around switch gear, switch boards that have the higher incident energy values, yes, you, you're no longer in a moon suit, which is very cumbersome and very difficult to work in if you're working on, you know, energized equipment. So yes, that that's, that, those are probably the, the two biggest changes that we've seen. Sure. Well, well, tell them to stay away from me. I don't want any kind of uh, calorie per area <laughs> listing on, on me. Um, so, so obviously this stuff changes, you know, we have, we have an assessment that needs to be done every five years or, or whenever we have new, uh, equipment come in. We also have training that has to occur on a different interval of every three years. And so I have to imagine just, you know, it's not always going to be the same personnel in a plant or a facility, um, stuff's going to turn over. And, and so managing that there's, there's probably a little bit of extra headspace there, right? That's not something that's just hundred percent easy to manage. So I'm assuming because we're on this call today that that's something uh, that we McKay and ASC can help our customers with. Absolutely. As I mentioned before, we've been partnered with uh, McNaught McKay for um, well over a decade. So we've been delivering arc flash studies and arc flash training for quite some time, had a ton of success. And one of the solutions that we offer to stay compliant and keep these updates easily manageable and track those changes is with our annual maintenance program. We call it AMP. So what what that entails is an annual site visit. So the same art flash engineer or technician that completed the original study uh, would go back on site and we would document all those changes that have been made since we were there last. We update the one lines, get you new art flash labels, update the art flash report, and those would be sent to the to the end user. So that's not annually. So no waiting five years. You can do this annually. It's pretty cost uh, competitive. You also get 12 virtual training classes mm -hmm. with the annual maintenance program. So those are alternated um, first through third shift. So one month we would do first first shift. Uh, second, the next month we would do second shift, and then third shift we would do following month, and then we rotate through through. 12 sessions included with a live trainer. So it's the same content um, that we, we deliver on our on-site training classes. They're just done virtually. And so you're you're essentially touching base with them every month, if that's the case. Correct, correct. yeah. So it's great if you have new hires or somebody needs a refresher training or as 70 states, if you're adding equipment, mm -hmm. it, it keeps you compliant because you can just plug in your, your maintenance staff or your electricians that need that training. There's no lag time there. They can jump right on into that monthly session. They're compliant. They get the training and they're all set to go. So it's a great program. You also get, get full engineering support. So uh, if they are making mitigation solutions and the art flash report that's sent out with an art flash study, there will be recommendations from our engineering team on how to mitigate those hazardous locations. So recommendations are in there. Um, you also, in the coordination study, there's solutions on how to mitigate those. So if you're part of that annual maintenance program, the end user will have access to the engineer that wrote those recommendations and mitigation solutions. So if they do want to implement those, they will have full engineering support. So, well, so just to, to make sure that I'm clear on that. So you're saying that not only will this cover, you know, continual improvements, if you will, or continuous training and, and anything new that they add in, you will basically help guide them before they or, or we'll say through the initial process, maybe before even the equipment is installed. Absolutely, yeah. So if, if they're that's cool. Yeah. So if, if they're working to reduce the top three hazardous locations or overdue the equipment at the facility, mm -hmm. 
and they want to reach out to the engineer and, and find out exactly what the specs are before they purchase that equipment or what those values will be if they do purchase those and install them, they can run through some scenarios with the engineering team and um, they'll give them those values. So huge um, added value there. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like pretty much from, from A to Z, you guys have it covered, whether it's the actual electrical distribution side, the training side, or, or pretty much anything in between. And I, uh, I like wh- whoever you have for uh, marketing over there. Uh, I like that you guys have AMP as your program acronym. Uh, you, don't, you don't always get acronyms that, that fit so well. Yeah. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's nifty. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I think that's all the questions that I had for you. Before we close out, is there, uh, is there anything else uh, specific that you would like to call out, whether it's around arc flash, uh, arc flashes in general, or uh, advanced safety and energy, or, or, or I'll leave the floor open to you. No, I think we, we covered it um, from a broad you know perspective uh, as a whole. Those are our offerings. Like I said, we, we, we do have remote capabilities, so that does save uh, costs quite a bit, mm-hmm. not only with the on-site and up- updates with the arc flash, but also training. So I know a lot of times it's hard to pull all your maintenance staff and, and electricians into one training class or two training classes. So we do offer those classes remote. Like I said, it's the same training presentation same same stuff you'd get on site we just do it remotely just for flexibility purposes well especially now when it seems like nobody can fill all the slots that they're trying to fill so that's that's awesome that you guys add that flexibility okay well that's all we have uh, around arc flash if you have any questions uh around safety compliance training anything related to this episode or any previous episode please feel free to reach out to your local mcnaughton mckay account manager or you can always email us at podcast at mc-mc.com and we'll get you in touch with folks like Jason over here and Advanced Safety and Energy, folks who have been doing this for a long time and really know their stuff. So Jason, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks Austin, I appreciate it, thank you.